What's going on, y'all? I'm AC the guy. It's your boy Aaron. And we are in the cut, man. This is Carpool Podcast. Thank y'all for joining. Let's go. Alright, so we're gonna get right into it. Yep. Top five albums of 2000s. It's so, a lot. It's yeah, a lot it's of a artists lot. too. It depends how far we're going into 2000 though. Like, are we going 2000 to 2005, 2000 to 2010? It's 20 years. We yeah, that's 20, 20. That's a lot of right fucking now. albums. Damn. A lot of albums. So we're gonna go to 10 years. We'll do 10 years. 2000 to 2010. So we might have to make this like a double feature then. Cause <laughs> we might have to do 2000 to 2010, 2010 to 2020. Yeah, like do the next one, 2000 to 2020. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So for 2010, for 2000 to 2010, there's a lot of different albums. There was a, I, like, there's a lot of great bodies of work. Obviously, Jay-Z ran that entire fucking decade. The whole decade? <laughs> that whole decade. In terms of hip-hop, nigga, Jay-Z put out the Black Album. I don't know if he went... I listen, don't know listen, the whole, just listen to this shit. Right. Jay-Z put out the Black Album. Jay-Z also put out Blueprint 1, Blueprint 2. Jay-Z also put out Kingdom Come. He also put out uh, American Gangster. That's five projects in that one de- in that one decade alone that are like classic albums, that are classic bodies of work in, in, in terms of like hip-hop music. Like if you when you think of Hove, like when you think of Hove, you think of the Blueprint series altogether. The Blueprint 3, I didn't even mention that. That was 2010. That still falls in that same decade. Like Hove literally put out that six was 2010? 2010 was Blueprint 3. Damn, when was Watch the Throne? Watch the Throne was like 2013, 2012. For real? Yeah. Damn, that's yeah, crazy. I remember because my, my son was born, so and LeBron was in the finals that year. So whatever year LeBron went to the finals, he went to the finals a lot. <laughs> went to, yeah, I was about to say he was there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, yeah, it ain't. I think it's, it it's, it's, it's hard because Jay-Z, but at the same time, there was a lot of other artists. You also like, had Wayne, though, because I feel like Wayne took over after Jay-Z. Like, Jay-Z wasn't really... He ran the like nah, Lil Wayne was running hip hop for at least five years. Yeah, but that didn't start till 06, 07. That's when the Drought Three series. And honestly, like Carter Two wasn't as big as what Jay Z was putting out. The bodies of work Jay Z was putting out commercially, Wayne was not seeing any of that. His shit didn't really pop until he did the Lloyd feature. When Lloyd, when he did the Lloyd feature, yeah, that shit was on 106 and Park. When he did the Lloyd day. feature and the Drought Three, this because <laughs> the Drought series was already out. But when Drought Three in particular came out. Um, and, and the Lloyd feature happened. It was like two things happened for him. He he shifted. I feel like he shifted the attention to himself. Because at that time as well, that's that was the summer Wayne did almost 200 features. Mm. So if you think about that, and that was the summer of 06. So if you think about that time. Was that when Hustler's Music came out? Hustler's Music was the year before. That was 05. That's when uh, uh, Carter 2 dropped. Because that's when I started fucking uh, Wayne Heavy with Hustler's Music. Might have been 06. Yeah, it might have been around that he time. He was purple jacket in the Carter video. 3 came out. Summer 08, right? Carter 3? Yeah, I believe it was summer 08. Had, nah, not so, 08. Yeah, probably, because I was working at Dorney Park when that shit came out. Yeah, so <laughs> Carter 2, Hustler's Music was probably 05, 06, I would say. Probably 05. And then you had Drought 3. Literally, Carter 2 dropped, and literally a couple months later, uh, Drought 3 dropped. Right after that, that's when the Lloyd feature happened. And everything just started falling into place. Because at this time, you still had Rich Homie. And Wayne had a classic verse on Rich Homie's album, the shit that he did with him and John Legend. That shit was fire. Rich Homie was my fucking not joke. not Rich Homie, my fault. Um, uh, throw some D's. Who did throw some D's? Oh, Rich, um, damn, Rich Boy. Rich Boy. Yeah. So Wayne Wayne was, was featured Rich on Rich Boy's <laughs> album. It was actually Wayne, John Legend, and Rich Boy, and uh, that was actually one of Wayne's best verses. 
Yeah, that song was that song was popping for a while too. That song can still get going to club. That's a fact. Every other verse in there, uh, Rich Boy's verses was was alright too, and I think that's what made the song good. But I feel like Wayne might have penned Rich Boy shit. To be honest with yeah, you, and then plus you got, you got also remember that's when DJ Khaled was like heavy with the 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 collab tapes and all that shit because too. Because he was pushing Ace Hood. And Ace Hood is somebody else, too. Like, if Ace would have had a real shot, I don't feel like he had a fair shake with Khaled. Yeah, nah, Khaled is more concerned by himself, honestly, with that deal. Yeah. I feel like Khaled Ace, is like an artist, basically, himself. Yeah, Ace, if Ace would have been in a better situation at that time, because he, he was building a solid buzz, but a lot of his buzz came off of the strength of Khaled at yeah. the same time. It was just he didn't, I feel like, because he didn't have the right management, he didn't know how to build on that buzz. I feel like he didn't get the right budget that he needed. Like, yeah. when he would make pro- projects, I feel like his shit would get pushed last because Khaled wants his shit to be out and yeah. wants more budget towards his project. But shit, like, me, like 50 Cent, matter of fact, now we're going to go to something else. I mean, so basically on that note, we can say that Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and we... I would say Jay-Z definitely ran the 2000s to 2010. I don't think anybody has a better catalog in that time. In that 10-year time, nobody has a better catalog than, Joe, than Jay-Z. Commercial, I'm talking about, like, mainstream commercial albums. Pop, yeah, but his mainstream... in 2001. Yeah, but he didn't have anything that was mainstream Jay-Z level. Yeah, Jay-Z not was until, still, like, nigga, almost 2010. Rock, Rockefeller, like 2006. Rockefeller was still running shit. Because you remember, in the early 2000s, uh, he was still putting out volumes. And she was putting out, what he put out? Volume 3, I think. For what? In my lifetime was Jay-Z. in my lifetime volume three. Was that ninety nine or was that two thousand? That was. I'm thinking that was the two thousands. Because then on the, on top of that, nah, it can't be the two. On top of that, this is what you gotta remember. Because on top See, of this that, this is why we gotta have we gotta have your phone up and we gotta have the the Google next time. Yeah, but th- th- but on top of that, you have to remember too. D- Jay Z, on top of building Rockefeller, this is what makes Jay Z great. On top of building Rockefeller, Jay Z and Rockefeller also gave us state property. They also gave us PD Crack and Neo. You know what I'm saying? Like those types of features. They also created that whole sound. Like literally 02 to 05 was Jay-Z and Rockefeller running shit. And that is a fact. And plus they was also on the film crew shit too. They was making mad movies too. That's a fact. You gotta think so like, like they was hitting us at all angles. There was one point in music where there was only three groups of music that in hip hop that people talked about. That was Dipset, G Unit, and State Prop. I think State Prop started it. And Dipset followed up yeah, real closely behind. And then when G-Unit came, G-Unit, I feel like G-Unit took over um, commercially because 50 Cent was just a better businessman than Cameron and Beanie Siegel, of course. <coughs> um, but I think, like, at that point, um, and, you know, even, even like, if we're talking about posse cuts and, and joint projects, I think the G-Unit first album was was one of the best group albums um, outside of, like, The Wool, of course, and, you know, Slaughterhouse. But I think that 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 first G Unit album with Stunt 101 and all that shit on there, that was one of the best group projects. That shit was so hard. You know what I'm saying? I, I I feel like 50 benefited a lot. Back to the topic though of like albums, right? With Get Richard Die Trying, 50 came into a good situation because uh, he had the best producer in the world in Dr. Dre, and then he also absorbed Eminem's fan base, which Eminem in hip hop or in rap period had the biggest fan base in the world. He was the first rapper to go diamond. Yeah. So. When 50 came onto the scene, he inherited a great fan base, and I think that contributed to 50 Cent's success. I also think Eminem and Dr. Dre kind of plotted that, and they seen what was about to happen with 50, because 50 was also shopping his projects around to a lot of labels. Yeah. So I think I think M and Dre, being who they are musically, um, understood like what was going to happen with 50, and I think that's how the Get Richard I Try and Out came to be. 
what it was. And we gotta say, Fifty ran that that decade too, though. He did, but he wasn't. Again, it, look at the body of work. What did Fifty have in that time? Two albums. Second, and you can't even say Massacre did great because Massacre <coughs> didn't do I didn't even nearly really fuck with Massacre like that. A lot of people fun. didn't, uh, and Massacre didn't do half the numbers that Get Richard I Tryin did. Granted, Get Richard I Tryin had a feature film attached to the shit. But at so the end we of gotta the day, even say Eminem too, though. Eminem was there. Eminem was there. I agree with Eminem. The Marshall Mathers LP that was gotta in the be. 90s, got, right? That was 98. No, was it? Yeah. Hell no. Ah uh, shit, two thousand. Nah, it had to be two thousand. Nah, I think it was late nineties actually. But um, for what's his what's it called? <coughs> what was his joint after that then? He had Marshall Mathers. He had Curtain Call. Curtain Call was his 2000s, like, project. So, uh, it was Curtain Call and, um, he had Curtain Call and, um, the shit that he performed, um, on MTV. Marshall Mathers LP, I'm about to look it up. 2000, yeah, that was his 2000 release. Okay, so he was, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you could, you pretty much you could say, say him. like, that gotta be so, so, out of Jay-Z's albums that you named... I think he's Jay Z in that ten year span has a better catalog than him, hands down. It's not even close. Well, yeah. I don't. I, don't, I mean, if personally, go, if I don't think it's on, even close. If we go in like by like lyrics and content and that, I feel like Jay Z had better content, but I feel like M sold more than Jay Z for of sure. Of course he did, though. But you got to look at you have to look at why he sold more. There was a lot that contributed to M sales. First of all, M wasn't the first white rapper, right? You still you had the Beastie Boys. You had a lot of other white artists before Eminem, but Eminem contributed to being a white, a poor white rapper. Eminem contributed a lot for, from that, and because people got to see that side that was so new and so different, that's why he did well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because at at that time, I, M was going to do good regardless. I think like M, not to knock M, you know Eminem is one of my favorite lyricists ever, mm-hmm. but. If we're look, if we're talking about the body of work, the catalog, put the catalog side by side in that ten year span, M shit can't compare to whole shit in that ten year period. I don't think yeah. there's any artist literally in that in that ten year span that could put their catalog next to Jay Z's catalog and say and this was a great to fucking ca- top to bottom. Yeah, yeah I don't think there's fact. one person like you can go back, you can literally go back right if you look at the Black Album right, you can literally listen to the Black Album top to bottom any given day of the week. You could do that with American Gangster. You could do that with Kingdom Come. You could do that with the Blueprint One and Two and Three, which are all happened to be in the same fucking decade. So, I, if you if we're talking catalog, I don't think there's an artist in that decade that had even somewhere half as close as what Jay Z had. Um, yeah, he just Jay-Z knew what he was doing. Shit too, though. Huh? Jay Z shit is timeless too. Like I feel yeah. like Eminem shit was good for that like decade. Because after that. Like, people was getting tired of Eminem, because it's like, so he already, like, proved himself as a rapper, but he keeps on trying to prove himself as a rapper. I feel like that's what kind of so took him off. I feel like... Jay got more relatable content. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Eminem is the hyper-extended version of Mob Deep. Like, yeah. content-wise, if you think about what M was talking about in the early 2000s, and you compare it to Shook Ones... I'll punch you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. Like, if you yeah. think about, like, that shit M was saying, too, right? Yeah. M was saying crazy, retarded shit like that. But, um, but in, like, that, a white guy way. In a white guy way, but it only, you can only say that for so long. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It only comes off as cool for so long. 
So I think with Jay-Z, Jay-Z is the best at rebranding himself. Um, and I think Jay-Z benefited a lot from rebranding his business. And he, he mastered that shit. And that's why he is where he is today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, that's that goes to show like longevity as well. Because, I mean, Eminem is still like still there today too but he's not as business savvy the thing about I it i feel like what separated them was the business but when we talk about albums i feel like jay gotta be number one and i we, Ever, go, we gotta pick one of the albums though one of the best albums yeah i mean there's you said five so one of his albums from 2000 from the first decade of 2000s his best body work in the 2000s i'll probably go blueprint two blueprint one I'd probably say Blueprint 1 was his best body work in the 2000s. And it was not Blueprint. Was, Blueprint 3 was after. I said Blueprint 1. No, I'm saying no. Blueprint 3 was after. What's it called? Oh, it wasn't. Right? It was 2010. Really? Yeah, Google it. Blueprint right 3 now. was 2010. I noticed because I was a senior in high school when the album came out. All right, we're going to see. We're going to see where your knowledge is at. You know what I'm saying? September 2009. 2009. So same shit. It's the same shit. That's my senior year. It's the same shit. But so, that yeah, album lasted so to I would, this day. I would so, honestly, uh, me, I would, I would say the Blueprint Three because that's when like, I kind of like a whole decade now. That's when I kind of like was like, okay, yeah. It's hard like for the whole decade to put them. You have to put them. You'd have to put the bodies of work side by side and like really look at them. I didn't. I don't think that the Blueprint Three. Like I feel impact? like. No, I think it had a, a big cultural impact. Think about. The songs that were on there, Wayne, I think Wayne freestyled over two of those beats. Not just one, he freestyled over two of those beats off of the album. You know what I'm saying? He did Run This Town and he did DOA on No Ceilings. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. that mixtape came out 2010. Came out right after uh, Blueprint 3 came out. But um, just think about the impact that that had. What that says about who Jay-Z is as an artist. For Wayne to feel like he needs to do two is huge. On, on the same, which, you know, arguably is probably one of the best mixtapes of that decade. Uh, no ceilings. So, I gotta say, I gotta say, Marshall Mathers LP, I'm not saying in any order. Mm -hmm. Marshall Mathers LP, and these are my two, and then also the Carter 3. So, Marshall Mathers LP, the Carter 3, and who else was even hip-hop then? 2010, like those were really the three. Oh, and fucking Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, we gotta throw the game in there. That shit was classic. Documentary, like, yeah. I think documentary is definitely a top five project. Documentary, and then any of the Hove joints. Like honestly, you can any, take any, any of them shits go wrong. Like, but not. I feel like um, what was what was the one with the red cover? It depends. That was Kingdom Come. See that? I really didn't like connect with that one like that because it was more like um. I don't know. I feel like there was better like story stories on other albums. That was his most commercial album of that decade. Was was Kingdom Come. Now with Kingdom Come, it's a timeless album, and it took time. I, I think we had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. Kingdom Come. Um, <clears throat> I always compare J Cole's uh, "For Your Eyes Only" yeah. to to Jay Z's Kingdom Come, and I say that because the impact might not have happened then. Like when Kingdom Come came came out, the hip hop community hated Kingdom Come. That shit. That shit got hits on it though. Every song is a hit. It was his most commercial album at that time. Yeah, that is a literally fact. every that shit song actually was, a was hit. fine. Now I'm thinking of it yeah, like if you go back and you listen to Kingdom Come top to bottom, literally every song was like at number one or in the top five, right? 
And if you think about the sound that he used and the direction of the project, it was it's timeless shit. It's classic shit that I just don't think anybody else would have put out at that time. Like, and you have to think about the time spans, right? So think about that, right? So from '06 to '09, there was a three year gap from Jay Z dropping American Gangster to dropping Blueprint Three, right? So a three year gap between that. Now think about it, right? If if you have Jay Z put out all these classic projects. The time span between each project, he put out six six great albums in, from 2000 to 2010. That means he only had four years off, which means 60% <laughs> of that decade, he dropped a classic fucking album. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's like, because dropping albums like that, that shit takes like a year to do for some people. Some people even two years, three years. To have that it. many back-to-back. Even like, that's how I feel about Lil Wayne, though. Like, Lil Wayne was on that same type of time. Not with albums was, though, I like more more like, tapes. I just don't feel like Wayne's albums ever will to this day will never have the same impact that his mixtapes do. Do you think mixtapes would be in there? Yeah, yo, if if we're talking about albums, chicken you have and to beer. put chicken and beer or theater of the mind, and and same with Ti. Like if you're gonna if we're gonna talk about that Ti's albums, Ti's catalog is crazy. <laughs> There's just too many around just, that time. I just feel like Jay Z was the best though out of out of everybody that dropped in that time frame. Yeah. Nobody like like we just said. Jay Z had six. He had six fucking classics. I think it was Jordan from 2000 to 2010. Yeah, Jay Z was Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just don't like. You can think of any rapper, and I don't even think they have six projects from 2000 to 2010. Yeah. Let alone let them shits be classics. Like he literally has classics from 2000 to 2010. Would you say the clips was a classic? Yeah, but see the that's album the thing. though. And the album, hell yeah, their album was fucking amazing, and that broke. Well, that didn't break Pharrell out into the music industry because uh, Capone and Noriega did that with the War Report, right? Mm-hmm. That was '98. So Pharrell really seen his big time splash on the music scene because of the clips. That grinding beat was the Neptunes. That was Pharrell in them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The, the grinding beat is probably the most historic beat in hip hop. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying. If you knew how to, if you knew how to make that beat. You was that nigga in school. What? On That's table. all you heard. You walk to any lunchroom. <laughs> you walk into any lunchroom in that time frame, you're going to hear the grind of beat. Guaranteed. That's a fact. Guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? So then, I mean, even if we're talking hip-hop, then, like, we got to say females, too. Would you say Missy was even part Missy, of that? I think Missy was. Decade? Well, Missy really started in the 90s. But, yeah, I think Missy... But she Missy's, had, like... She only had one solid project, I think, in the 2000s, right? Under but that was, like, her... Like her most that was her shit. biggest biggest album. Well, yeah. I don't think so because I feel like her impact was bigger in the nineties. But at yeah, the same time, I'm I think say- Under Construction was her best body of work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I agree that was that. in the early two thousands. And you know, you got to put Eve there too. You know, if we're gonna talk about female because female Rod Eve, Digger, Rod Digger, you put Digger in there, but I wouldn't put Digger in, in the top same five class. though. In top five, nah, though, I couldn't nah, put nah. Digger in the same class as Eve. Like me personally, like before any of these, before the before female MCs became commercial sex icons. You had real hip hop, like you still to this day, because you still got Rhapsody, right? Mm-hmm. Who is to me is the, I, I like right now, Rhapsody is in rap rappers and shit. Rhapsody's in my top five. I told you, I in my opinion, Rhapsody had the best rap project last year. Right second, uh, she was uh, right after Rhapsody was Little Brother, because mm-hmm. it was Rhapsody's project was the best one in my opinion, and then Little Brother's project last year. Um, but you know, before before female MCs became sex icons. Um, yeah, that shit fucked them up. And Little Kim started that trend, but and that was in the '90s. But it wasn't as big as it is now, right? So, but you had real spitters like you had the brat, 
you know what I'm saying? And if, if we're going to talk about hip-hop projects, I, I think it's only right that, that that you would have to roll Bow Wow's project up into that, too. I, not no, saying that it was a top-five project, but the commercial success oh, yeah, 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 that yeah, he's yeah, seen yeah. off of that project yeah. and the impact that Bow Wow had was crazy. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Just the whole social death movement. <laughs> They're um, gonna be mad. <laughs> They're gonna be mad. We brought up Bow Wow. Yeah, in this but, conversation. but still, but if you think about it, like you could go back and you could, I guarantee you, every fifth grader across the country when Bow Wow dropped his project had his fucking the Doggy Bag album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guarantee you, like I, that's a fact. And people might hate Bow Wow now, but, yeah, but 20 years ago, these motherfuckers, that was their song. favorite yeah, artist. They were singing You song. see what I'm saying? It's just all young, like, oh, this nigga's young as us. Like, exactly. So, like, his impact. Honestly, probably gave birth to a lot of people. If there wasn't a Bow Wow, there wouldn't be a Soldier Boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like, you got to think about the impact that Bow Wow had with that with that body of work. Because Soldier Boy gave birth to a lot of what's going on today. You know what I'm saying? P- production wise, sound wise, all that shit. You know, probably Gucci Man and Soldier. They created that shit. They both come from Atlanta, yeah. but they created a lot of the Atlanta hip hop scene, which is the biggest scene in, in hip hop right now. You know what I mean? They've been running it since like 2004. I ain't gonna front. Yeah. I mean, probably not 04. I'd probably say, like, yeah, probably 05, 06. Yeah, like around that time. Oh, uh, yeah, it probably was before that. We're forgetting Kanye, though. Yeah, Kanye Kanye's crazy. Kanye's dropout might be... I wouldn't put... Kanye's probably the closest to Jay-Z. To top five. I, I wouldn't top put five. him in the top... Nah, I might have to put him in top five, His though. best album, his best project is probably college, late registration. But who did we... We said Marshall Mathers LP. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, who the fuck else did we say? Uh, Marshall Mathers LP. We have four, and then Jay Z was the, like whatever any of his albums. Was Marshall about. Mathers LP. We had the documentary. We had Get Richard Dotry. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there was one more we had. Jay Z. Jay Z. And College Dropout got to be in there. College Dropout is up there. I, I would. I would late honestly might have been better than College Dropout. Production wise, sound wise, I think musically, I think Late Registration was better than College Dropout. Yeah, I guess, but college dropout was that like that. That was a signature. Like that, yeah, that, and that's more like I feel like that's more like relatable to people. Like, yeah, because I feel like that's when he was at his rawest shit. Like that was early in the state in his game, so he was like more so trying to like talk about his life and shit. So it's like I felt that one kind of more. I think it's harder to put a top five together for that decade. I, th- I still think ten years <laughs> is a little crazy. I think ten years is too big of a time frame to get a real idea of what that looks like because. If you think about it, like, like I said, Jay Z yeah, automatically he trumps everybody. Outcast dropped three projects, I think, in that time frame, which were phenomenal projects, or maybe they dropped two, but they were both posse cut projects. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They were joint, they were joint projects. So, I think it, I think it's hard to, uh, but Andre or Big Boy had uh, individual projects in that time, so you probably put Big Boy in there as an yeah, artist. True. We're talking about individuals. <laughs> Yeah, because there was actually a lot of shit. Even Cameron was at, like... Cam dips out all together. Cam's individual projects, Beanie shit. Philadelphia Freeway, which was actually one of my favorite albums of the 2000s. Uh, that album was fucking phenomenal. Beanie Siegel shit was phenomenal. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot like, of fire albums. Petey Crack shit was hard. Yeah, because that's when the whole Philly movement was That's what I'm saying. But too, think like, about who gave birth to that movement. That was Jay-Z and Rockefeller. Yeah, so Jay-Z literally has had a stranglehold on the game. So do you think Jay-Z was a better um, um, label head than 50 was with G-Unit? Are you serious? Yes, nigga, hands down. It's still proven to this day. What what artist that was a G-Unit artist is can drop an album today? Mm. Not one. Hove still has active artists under his umbrella. 
whether it's managing or, or producing or signed. You know what I'm saying? He's still Meek Mill is a Rock Nation artist. That's whole shit. J. Yeah, Cole is a Rock Nation that's artist. That's management though. I'm talking. But still, of, like well, these the are artists that's been under, signed to them since they signed their first deal. Their management deals was Rock Nation deals. Those are that's Jay Z's umbrella at the end of the day. Yeah, but I'm saying like as when they were active, like okay, this is um like Rockefeller mm-hmm. when they had fucking um the whole state property shit. Yep, they had state. Property. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the Rock Nation. The Rock Nation is a whole different like business. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not like a him being a CEO label head. But he's still managing these artists. He's the one that's putting their shows together. He's the one that's no, doing. He's, the, he's not him not personally, but his company is. Yeah, so his that's company, still yeah. that's still his umbrella. I'm, saying, I'm talking understand? about though when they were at when they were at that point where they were making those decisions. Jay Z still wasn't doing that. He had Bigs doing that. Bigs wasn't even doing that. Bigs but had he Big was Face closer, Gary A and R and State Property. He was closer to it than he was. Like now, than he would be now to any artist. Like how close 50, 50 was to his artist. Yeah, I just I don't think I I, I don't think fifty has an artist from his roster that can put out a, a, a solid project game, today. Well, the, the game. Yeah, I don't really consider. I mean, he got his start with G Unit. He got his buzz yeah. from there, but I don't. You can I don't know if you could. I don't think he was on G Unit long enough to consider him a G Unit artist. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying he was more. He was more but of an we'll always artist. remember him as being with G-Unit, though. Like you can we never will, not but forget. We will, but kids that's coming up now won't. They'll remember him for being under Interscope, Interscope, and Jimmy Iovine, which he was actually pushed over to Geffen, right? So he wasn't even under G-Unit anymore. He wasn't even under Interscope at that at one point. He was under a totally different label altogether, and that was after one project. So that's what I'm saying. It's hard to really consider him G-Unit. But, but yeah, none of them niggas is dropping albums. Nobody. Even back then, their solo albums wasn't doing shit. Exactly. Like, I, I feel like if Lloyd Banks shit was, he was like the best rapper, but his albums would be shit. Like, Cam just dropped Purple Haze, too. Like, they, they were good project. albums. Lloyd Banks shit was good albums, but they the numbers just wasn't there. And like, he, wasn't he wasn't consistent. He dropped that one album. What was it? Hunger for More. Yeah. He dropped Hunger for More, and we didn't hear from Banks for a long fucking time. Yeah. He dropped, and I mean, he did have great albums because Buck dropped Cashville, and I thought Cashville was a phenomenal project. I thought, nah, Cashville was fire, my G. And then they also had, I think, out of that whole situation, Yayo had the worst project, hands down. Period. I like Yayo better than Buck. What? Hell no. Yayo didn't rap. He was a hype man that they made rap. Like Buck was actually a rapper. I just never really see. But when I was younger, I never really got into like, um. Like into that dirty accent, like the dirty South accent. The only person I really gave a pass for was Ti. But yeah. as more started emerging, I was like, okay, like I fuck with it. It's cool. Yeah, I don't think Ti's accent was as heavy. Like nah, I feel nah, like Young, Buck, Young music, Buck was a dirty Young, South. Young Buck was true to him. Young Buck was true to who he was, though, and that, yeah. that's what made him great. Like that's why I say this a lot about game. Like if kids today listen to old school game. They would never think that game was from L.A. Because he don't right. sound like a Compton nigga. Yeah, he sound like he was straight He sounds like he's from New York. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Now he's trying to sound like he's from L.A. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, But the influence. like, Because you can say that about Outkast in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Outkast didn't sound like they was from Atlanta when Equimini came out. Even when Southern Playlist Cadillac Music came yeah. out, they didn't sound like most they was from them, Atlanta. Most of them didn't sound like they was from Atlanta. Like but that whole Dungeon family. The whole Dungeon family. CeeLo Green, when he was rapping, he didn't sound like he was from Atlanta. Yeah. His voice was Even weird. their beats was like hip, uh, New York hip-hop shit. Everybody was. Everybody was because the influence was coming from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The influence now, that's why everybody uses high 808s and shit like that. The first rap artist to use 808s, by the way, was African Bambada on Planet Rock. That's a different conversation. 
this has a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. We can get into that one another time. <laughs> but um, if you think, if you listen to music today, a lot of the music sounds like it's southern music, right? For the same reason, the influence comes from Atlanta because yeah. they control the market right now. They control the game. Would you say who's the first artist? Well, yeah, cause nah, I would. Who do you think the first artist to make um, what's it called Atlanta hot? It was easily Dungeon Family. It was probably no, I'm lying. It was Crisscross. Uh, Crisscross. Yeah, we'll go back to Crisscross, right? And guess who? Guess who brought out Crisscross? Motherfucking Jermaine Dupri, who owns So So Def Records. Mm-hmm. J- Jermaine Dupri been running his rap shit yeah. for a long fucking time. Yeah, JD is a ATL legend. Yeah, but Crisscross definitely started that whole shit. But even back then, like like I said, if you go back and listen to a lot of old school Atlanta rap music, it was a lot of influential Northeast sounding shit. So if you want to talk about like the sound of Atlanta rap music, the transition of it, I think it transitioned with T.I. for sure, commercially. I'm not talking under. T.I. rap like a New York nigga too, though. He did, but he put more of a Southern accent flip to it. Not even accent-wise, his content. Like, we wasn't, we don't know... Anything oh, like, like it, his it, slang and shit. Not, not only his slang, but the the, the content, the shit he's talking yeah. about, was very southern. That was totally different from what we were used to hearing in up north music. Yeah. And that's where the like transition a, started. I he just had like a New York cadence, yeah, like to his shit. Because he would rap like. You know, but matter of fact, I watched an interview with Ti, and he was saying that he used to like be in New York, like, all, yeah, like he his, halfway his lived, there. Shit lived there. Yeah, like he, so he was up there all the time. Yeah, but I, I feel like. Like, the shit he would talk about, like, the way they sell drugs in Atlanta is totally different than the way they sell drugs in... Yeah, because they they're more spaced up, up out north. down there. Right, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, his content, the music he talked, the shit he talked about in his music was different. And I think that's where the transition started. Um, and then, you know, of course, you, you still have Future, because you got to remember with Dungeon Family, Future comes from the Dungeon Family family tree. Yeah, I didn't he, know he was that old. You that know what I'm saying? Crazy. Future old. You know what I mean? He, he comes from the 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 outcast, the CeeLo Greens, organized noise. He comes from all that shit. That that's where it's that's where Future got his start at. You know what I'm saying? He learned how to produce from those guys. Um, but I think Future, because of his age, because he's not as old as Outkast and shit, because of his age, he was able to experience the BMF times and Jeezy. And Jeezy was probably the first rapper from Atlanta that actually gave us the real, real, real look into like what was going on. 2003, right? 2002, 2003, same time as T.I. So, yeah, we got to throw Jeezy in there, too. Man. Jeezy has to be in there because Jeezy's body of work in that time period is phenomenal. We have to do a top 10. Top five, you can't do top five in a 10-year 10, a journey. Can't, it's, too, it's, just, it's too much bodies of work in that period because Jeezy honestly Jeezy might Jeezy might have the third best catalog in that time frame like if you really if we're really talking about yeah. timeless music Jeezy might because you could go back and listen to Jeezy's first album now and yeah, listen to it top to bottom because he's been consistent with that sound and like he can still rap like that today so that's, that's how I feel about still, Styles P and them yeah that's what yo I put a status on Facebook like Jada Kiss is really timeless as fuck like it's just crazy how he sounds exactly the same, but it's still fire. Like, That's what we was talking about. Remember, I was telling you, because they're so consistent with what they do, when they go out of their box, people are get scared that it's not going to be the same, right? But it's like this, this person, people expect people not to change or elevate. Mm. And that's like with Ignatius, which... I told you how I felt about that. That shit is fire. Top to bottom. I think it's a fucking classic. Um, I think it's his best body of work. Jay Kiss's best body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a fucking great album. Um, what were we talking about? 
We were talking about um, being timeless. Timeless, yeah. Jada Kiss is definitely timeless. I agree. Styles P is the oh, same. Matter of fact, we're gonna we're gonna save that. We're gonna save timeless that for timeless. Time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, and it's but yeah, the top. I would say the top five, and we're gonna just go with five for the first decade. We might as we might have to say top five artists if we're gonna do a decade though. It's hard to do because we could we could do. So for the albums. We mentioned Marshall Mathers LP, Get mm-hmm. Richard Die Trying. Yep. Um, Any um, Jay Z album, you can take your pick. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking Game, documentary. documentary. And then we also had. Um, damn, who the fuck? Kanye. Oh, Kanye, College Dropout, mm-hmm. or you said Late Registration. I, like re- I, I personally prefer Late Registration over College Dropout. So we got two Kanye. You can't up forget there. Graduation, because Graduation was phenomenal. That shit is yeah. hard. That might have been production-wise. Graduation yeah. might be his one he of his best projects. He kept more with the production to make it like a different type of like sound, like yeah. techno and shit. And you like, could really take your pick out of Kanye's catalog too and be like, yeah. damn, yeah. That shit is Kanye's hard. catalog is phenomenal. That was in the early. That was in that decade too. Yeah, graduation was 06? 07. It might have been 07. And him and who did he drop with Fifty? Him and Fifty, him and 50 dropped. dropped. So time. Fifty dropped the massacre and got embarrassed. Yeah, that's when that's when he stopped really making music like that. Because like you gotta understand, like people fell in love with Fifty Cent because of Eminem and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Be real. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? What Fifty Cent was doing is no different than what Mob Deep was doing. Yeah. Content wise, it's mm-hmm. no different. So it's like we heard this already. We just never seen it from somebody this fucking diesel that sounded like <laughs> that that was shot nine times because he benefited <laughs> he off had of a that good as story, well. Yeah. His story definitely elevated it. So it was like after we heard Get Richard I Trying, which is 50's best body of work. Yeah, which is like he put, it's his, like life. He put his all into that. Like, yep. And I think he said everything he could say, and it's just yeah. you know because he's not too lyrical. But like what when he talks on that album, it's like yo, this shit is fucking hard. Like, <laughs> it's like yo, this gang talking some shit. Yeah, but after that, it's like okay, now it's just flashy fifty, and the flashy fifty rap was like kind of whatever. Yeah, even I think even in like I know we're not gonna touch on 10, 10 to twenty right now, but I think you could put get Richard I trying in this generation or in this decade ten to twenty. I think you could listen to that shit when that, that's a timeless album. It is. I agree 100%. I think it's a very timeless album. Is this my turn? No, my so turn. that's what I'm a. My five, you could say your five, but my five would be um, Marshall Mathers LP, um, College Dropout, um, College Dropout, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying documentary, and I gotta go with with the Missy joint, like uh, under construction. Under construction, because I actually had that album, like that mm-hmm. CD. I would play in my in my CD player. Yeah, I think I had every Jeezy album. Um, I just I had Lloyd Banks, Hunger for More. I I, I had all the G Unit joints. I had pretty much a lot of the Dipset. I had the what was that Ludacris joint? Where he was wearing it was like the brown background. He was wearing like the black shirt. Damn, what the fuck was that called? That was probably Chicken and Beer. No, 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 it was Chicken and Beer. After Chicken and Beer. Yeah. It was the same time the Missy joint came out because I got both of them. Mm. Damn, I forget what it's called. But yeah, so what's your top five? My top five would probably is gonna be uh, Get Richard I Trying is my number one project for that mm. that time period, that decade. I think Jay Z was the best artist of that decade, but I think Get Richard I Trying was the best album of that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'm probably gonna put Blueprint uh, two. No, I probably go yeah, I probably go Blueprint two, Gift and the Curse. Uh, documentary probably be number three. Um, 
late registration from Kanye. And then let me see what else came out in that time. You got Eminem. I don't know if you want to throw him in there. I'm not going to throw him in there. I'll be, I just feel like there were so much more better bodies of work at that time. Like, I think Blueprint. Uh, oh, that's what probably, I forgot. No, nah, probably uh, for me, personally, I probably put like. Shit, that shit is hard. Uh, there's so many great projects. Yeah, I know. I just, for me personally, M probably wouldn't. Album wise, he probably doesn't break the mold for as me. As an there. album, yeah. As an album, I just, I personally. As wouldn't. an album, that shit is fire. Yeah, there's so many more better bodies of work, but yeah, so I got. I got Get Richard Out Trying, I got uh, Blueprint One, uh, Documentary, I got uh, Late Registration, and um, let me see what the last one is. It'll probably be another Jay-Z album, probably. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, it's probably going to be like American Gangster was one of my favorite Jay-Z albums. Mm -hmm. um, Kingdom Come was one of my favorite Jay-Z albums, but probably Blueprint Three production-wise. Yeah. So Blueprint One and Blueprint Three probably, for me, would be my top five. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to actually take out Missy and I'm going to put in the Carter 3. Got Carter to. 3 is solid. Yeah, Got that's to. solid. That's solid. Yeah, you that. can't, and you can't go wrong, like, either way, because honestly, like, you can't go wrong either way. Like, I feel like Missy Damn, changed the sound of Missy on music. It can't be a top five and it's just hard. It's hard. I got to <laughs> But go that's where we're going. Word. But thank y'all for listening. It's Carpool, motherfuckers. <laughs>